Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronya podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Rico Bronya time, everybody. How are we all doing? Getting through this World Series, the Diamondbacks against the Rangers. Here's what I know. When the World Series ends, the fun begins. When the World Series ends, the offseason begins. We get all those things on the baseball calendar that are so exciting. So exciting. Like, hey, should you tender contracts to this guy? Hey, should you offer this guy? Um, the qualifying offer. Hey, what's going to happen at the GM meetings? What rumors are happening? When's Otani going to sign? So all the fun begins as soon as this stupid World Series ends. We'll focus on a couple of things today. Rob Manfred met the media, spent a couple of minutes on some of the things he had to say about changes. But our focus is going to be Tommy Pham because Tommy Pham did an interview, did a bunch of interviews. It's crazy. This guy does not mind talking, and I respect that. But he did a couple of interviews one of which with the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. And he had some very interesting comments kind of going deeper into the whole Met clubhouse and the Mets working hard and things around the trade, plus a comment about Buck Showalter and his managerial style and where some of those decisions were coming from that I definitely want to get into. But let's start with counsel. The Mets have received permission to interview him. Here's how I view the counsel thing. And I've said from the beginning, I think the Mets end up with him. I think that it's either the Brewers or the Mets. I do think there's that chance, that possibility. Council's basically saying to his agent, I want to end up back in Milwaukee for the family connections, for the fact that I've been there for almost a decade. But let's milk this bitch out as much as we can to get the very last dime, which there's nothing wrong with. You know, you get to free agency as a manager. It's not that common. You know, usually managers are locked up before they get into that free agent year before period, like before getting to free agency, they usually sign an extension with a year or two left on their deal. 
So it's rare for a manager to get to this point. And I get it if you're Craig Council. I get it when you've got teams all hot for you because you're the best manager out there. Think about it. Who else is out there? The other managers that are out there are guys that have been fired or first-time managers. That's it. I mean, that's usually what you're looking at when you're hiring a manager. So he's got that advantage. He hasn't been fired. He's not an old, recycled guy. He's not a first-time manager. So whether you're Cleveland or you're the Angels or you're the Mets or whoever you are, the Padres now with Bob Milfin going to the Giants, why wouldn't you want him? He'd be your best candidate. So it makes perfect sense for Council to kind of get to free agency and just add as much kind of push to the Brewers possible to maximize his salary. He was making $3.5 million. The guy's looking to double it. And there's a chance if Steve Cohen really wants Craig Council, and this is something about hiring a manager that's so much easier than signing a free agent. I always used to say this during the Wilpon era. If you really want to make a splash at manager, spending $8 million for a manager, which is a lot, is nothing compared to buying the big-time free agent. So Cohen, who is still new to this owning thing, has spent a ridiculous amount of money on free agents. He extended Lindor after the trade, signed Scherzer, signed Verlander. He must be laughing at the idea of, oh, so to blow Craig Council away, I got to give him five years, $50 million? Who the hell cares? That's nothing. That barely signs you utility players in Major League Baseball. So there is that possibility if Steve Cohen and David Stearns really, really want them, that they're just going to sit there and continue to push more money into that table until Craig Council says yes. I lean towards yes. I think he's going to be the manager of this team. He will get a chance to interview. What is that interview like? I've always been fascinated about that. What happens in a managerial interview these days? Like, what do you talk about? Is it basically the GM saying, okay, how well do you take orders, sir? When I call you at 435 and say, this is your lineup, what are you going to say? Especially Council and Stearns, they have a good relationship. So I'm still at the 80-20 prediction that Council's the manager of the New York Mets, and it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Do you have that same confidence, Pete? Yeah, the one thing is there's just two comments here. A, Steve Cohen is not going to really be in on this interview. I can't imagine him. It's just basically like Stearns is going to tell him, this is the guy. This yeah. is the money. Let's make it happen. Yes. I think that I think the interview process is they're going to go out to a nice steakhouse in the city. He's going to show them around, say, hey, listen, it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's where I grew up. They, they've made they fixed some places better up better and they're going to do, you know, it's going to be it's going to be big. We're going to do good things together. Why not come here? That's what the comment is. So it's almost be a sell job. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's not an interview. It's a sell job. It's right. convincing him. Please come here. I said this last time on the Rico. I really believe it. If they hire him, when they hire him, I'll remain confident. It is going to be like, we'll even do an immediate Rico reaction. What are we going to say? Like, oh, great. They hired Craig Council. All right, let's go. <laughs> okay, what's going on with Otani? <laughs> That's basically what it's going to be. Right, exactly. <laughs> Rob Manfred did a couple of interviews. He did one with my boy Craig. He did one with the national media. I think he did a press conference, if memory serves correct. And the investigation into the Mets, he didn't say a lot other than the injured list investigation is really just about that. And that's pretty important 
because when the New York Times came out with that initial article a few days after Billy Epler resigned, there was this thought, I think it was even in the article, that there could be more, that there could be something else they're investigating. And that always makes you wonder, well, what, what do you got? Is it something big? Is it something serious? I think that this investigation of just improper use of the IL only leads, in my opinion, to a small fine and then maybe Major League Baseball trying to enforce tougher rules on everybody that you can't use the IL to just store guys, that you can't manipulate the injured list. So if anything, I don't think it really comes down hard on the Mets, but it may change maybe the way we've all viewed the injured list and disabled list before that for many years, which is, ah, this guy's struggling, stick him on the IL. Manfred also seemed open to at least discussing a change to the current playoff format. We did a whole podcast, if you missed it, on the playoff format and all the various ideas we all have to change it and make it better. I did not walk away from that comment, though, feeling confident that Manfred's actually going to change anything. Just, we'll talk. We'll have a, we'll have a conversation. Yeah, it's not going to really happen. But he did say something I really, really like. I really, really like. He talked about a rule change that would include lowering the limit on pitchers. Right now on Major League rosters, and this was a relatively new rule from a few years ago, you cannot have more than 13 pitchers on your active roster. And if you listened to a lot of the Ricos during spring training last year, you would know that's the bane of my existence. I argued so often, you don't need 13 pitchers. Just have 12 pitchers. Then you've got an extra position player. Then you can carry Tim LaCastro. I mean, we must have had that discussion all March last year because it drove me nuts. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus now, ultimately, as the season goes by and Verlander gets hurt and Quintana's hurt and the Mets are relying on Tyler McGill and David Peterson in their rotation, there were many days where the Mets needed all 13 guys. I do admit that. But in general, I like the idea of having an extra position player, even in the DH world we now live in. Rob Manfred's talking about that number being lowered to 12. So it's not even an option to carry 13 pitchers. By the way, if you're curious, well, why? Why would that even be a thing? They're trying to incentivize, and who would be against this? They're trying to incentivize teams pushing their starting pitchers to go deeper into games. We have so many times, so many examples. We saw it in the NLCS with Merrill Kelly. We didn't see it in the World Series with Merrill Kelly because they actually let him pitch more. But he got pulled after five brilliant innings. And you're like, come on, man. The guy could go deeper into the game. 
And there's a lot of games like that during the regular season. Not when you're just trying to save a guy's arm, but when you're strategically thinking, hey, third time around the order, let's get him out after five. So the thought being, if there are less options, if there are less arms for you to use, maybe that'll force managers to push their starters more. That was the hope of 13, because it wasn't that long ago when teams would carry 14 guys pitching-wise. So it didn't work when they cut it to 13. They may try to make it work when they limit it to 12. I love it. It's not, you know, a game-changing rule change. I don't even necessarily think it's going to have the effect that maybe the commissioner is looking for, but I'm all for it. Now, it'll save me the energy from bitching in mid-March about the Mets should carry 12 pitchers. If it just becomes a rule, I don't even have to say it anymore. So I definitely, definitely want that. I'm laughing at it because it's a joke. We're trying to find <laughs> way because we're paying all this money to starting pitching, and we're trying to be like, "Hey, is there any way you can get past five? Can we can we find a way to get you getting paid all this money? Can we get you past five innings?" And it's because and, and listen, I understand carrying thirteen pitchers, but all of a sudden there's going to be well, if we can only if we only can carry twelve pitchers, but we're still concerned about the five innings. What happens when they put the rotation to six pitchers in a rotation? Because that's going to start to happen. We we saw it a little bit here and there. There's all these di- different things. And part of it is you're going to have more call-ups then. Well, yeah, you're going to have more call-ups. And you know what else you're going to have? Just to give you the full circle, more IO manipulations to get. I mean, <laughs> get what are we doing here? Called up. That's what it will lead to. <laughs> I, I, the tone of the way you started that, though, Pete, was as if you blame the starters for not going deeper into games. And I reject that to a degree because the managers and front offices, you know, because front office obviously have a lot of power in these decisions. They're the ones who a lot of times are making decisions to take the starting pitchers out earlier than maybe we as fans want to see it happen. So I don't necessarily think it's about the starters and ah, they make so much money. They should go deeper in games. They're not the ones who get to make that decision. No, you're not wrong. But and, and this is a deeper discussion. In baseball today, it really is based off the pitch count. And in at all levels of baseball, guy gets pulled after a certain pitch, and it's not always 100 pitches. It's you know trying to develop an arm. Let's give him 70 today. Let's give him 50 today, whatever it is. And these pitchers are pitching less and less and less. They're not going yes. nine innings. They don't know how it is to pitch a complete game. No, no, I agree. Sometimes it, it kind of starts at the lower levels. It's a part of why the DH became such a no-brainer to many of my – fellow National League fans who at a time wanted the pitcher to hit. What I mean by that is at the lower levels, pitchers weren't hitting. You know, in the minor leagues, pitchers weren't hitting. In Japan, pitchers weren't hitting. In some colleges, pitchers weren't hitting. And so if pitchers never got a chance to hit, and now all of a sudden they're in the major leagues, and it's like, here's a bat you have to hit. They're the only league that lets this happen. Of course they were going to be embarrassing. You know, of course, if, if guys were hitting at every level, then pitchers may have been more productive or at least as productive as maybe they were 40 years ago. Not that they were ever super productive, but it got worse as the years went by. One last thing, though, about Rob Manfred and rules, because I want to circle back to this. I think it's very, very important before we get into Tommy Pham. You and I, we even brought a listener on earlier in the season, argued about the pitch clock. I have been a big fan of the pitch clock. I was a huge fan before it even was instituted. Obviously, I think it worked incredibly well this season. Your fear and others, that dude who came on with us, who did a great job arguing, 
was concerned about what about the playoffs? What about the drama of the World Series, of the LCS? Well, here we are in the midst of the World Series. We have gotten through the wild card round, the divisional series, the LCS. Wouldn't you now agree? Wouldn't you have to come around and say, boy, that pitch clock is really good? Well, the one thing that you talked about, uh, and this is an off-air thing, is it's like, hey, listen, we got to plan to record the Rico after game uh, seven the other day. He's like, don't worry. They don't go longer than three hours. That's just with the pitch clock. That's what it is. <laughs> and, and you nailed it. <laughs> so, yeah, I get, for, for that matter, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, listen, there's, there's still time left in the World Series for it to happen. But most likely, we're not going to see anything too major happen. And, and, and for that, Godspeed. I, I, my bad. It is not, I want to say this though, it's not about time of game. It's not necessarily about, I want these games to go quicker. I always wanted them to cut out the dead time. There was a four hour game in game one of the World Series. It was an incredibly long game, but you know what? It was worth every second of it. It was an incredible game. You get a game tying home run in the ninth inning. You get a game winning home run a few innings later. Like that was a four-hour game that was filled with action. What you don't want to see and what we did see were four-hour games that were filled with a lot of dead time. But the concern and the pushback always was you're going to take away the drama. And I just don't think that was the case. And what made me feel good coming into this season that that was never going to be the case was that Edwin Diaz was such a fast worker that we had already gotten a preview of the pitch clock. We as Met fans in 2022 already saw what it was going to look like with a pitch clock because Edwin Diaz would get the freaking baseball and he would just throw it. So if you were ever concerned about what the ninth inning would look like, we saw it and it worked out great. So I think year one of the pitch clock's been fantastic. More on rule changes maybe at a later podcast. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.